here's a question for you guys. So you join, let's say you're, it's a bar trivia night or perhaps a, a non-academic quiz bowl, let's call it. Um, and so you're with a group of people, probably some friends, maybe of, of uh, friends of, that you know di- differently and uh, some better than others. You get the question that you're like 95% sure is, is right. It's a really great guess, if nothing else. It, it's logical. And then someone else is more adamant about something that's very <laughs> illogical right. and just you absolutely know is wrong. How do you guys resolve those situations? <laughs> just had that happen. Um, my wife has a work trivia. Um, she's only participated a couple times, and she invited me to, to do it with her once. Okay, cool. And I like trivia. She doesn't give a shit about trivia. And there's one other guy that we got paired with. You get random pairings, and it's a Zoom situation because of the pandemic. So it's like there's everybody in the room. You hear the question and the stuff. Then you go, it, it sorts you to private rooms to chat. Wow. So then the four of us were chatting, or the three of us, and uh, I don't remember what the question was. But I, I said, ah, it's this, I think. And another guy's like, uh, oh, it was um, this science fiction author created his own religion, essentially. L. Ron Hubbard, right? Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's like, well, but Kurt Vonnegut. And it's like, yeah, in that one book. And I'm like, well, but it's L. Ron Hubbard. And he was, then he started really pushing. And then one of the other ladies is like, she had no idea, but she's like, no, it's, it's probably that. It's probably that. Let's do the L. Ron Hubbard one. Cause I was going to go, all right. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. work trivia. I don't want to screw it up for her, like with her coworker. But yeah. Imagine what her bonus will be if she gets it wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So my, my my point was I was just gonna go hey I don't have a I don't I don't care and I don't know you so to make peace I'll <laughs> let you have this one um, but uh, luckily somebody else said what the right answer was but so that's how I would handle that if I'm invested or I really want to win I'll argue harder like let's try to win this <laughs> yeah let's try to not be stupid yeah if <laughs> if it's a more informal kind of thing uh, and especially if it's someone. I don't really <laughs> maybe care about, you know, like some random, uh, you know, spouse's co-worker level of not caring about. I will definitely be the uh, n- the Willy Wonka no stop don't, you know, sort of just <laughs> yeah, go ahead and then we'll see you sucked up the chocolate pipe when the answer is L. Ron Hubbard, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Uh, right. Oompa, loompa, doobity, stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, this guy, he's like a professor of medieval stuff, or he has his PhD in medieval stuff, and there was, you know, the stick with a spiked ball on it? Flail. And it's like... uh, Flail, mace, morning star? What did you call it, Grant? It's a flail. Yeah, and I was like, well, isn't that like a morning star? And I played some Dungeons and Dragons, and he's like, it's a flail, and I was like... I'm just going to let you go with this one because I'm not getting sucked up the chocolate pipe. And then <laughs> right. afterwards, the one it's like, oh, well, of course he knew it. He's profe- professor of whatever. And it was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad that I didn't argue yes. about that yeah. one. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I read a book about a sorcerer like, once. I played some Dungeons played and Dragons here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there in full plate armor with like a peregrine falcon on his shoulder. <laughs> and you're like... It's, it's like a bat or a spiked bat. A spiked bat. It's like a flip. And he's, he's just like gripping his gauntleted hands. Flail. It's flail. God damn it. It's, it's a spin bat. And then we go into the room and right away before anyone can say anything, I just yell, spin bat. <laughs>
listening to a monumentous occasion. This is this does not happen often. Let me tell you, this is the second consecutive Grant episode not submitted by a user. Holy <laughs> shit! Can you believe it? Unreal. I can't. It can scarcely be believed. This has not happened since last September, I checked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm going to need a scientific instrument here to measure my disbelief. But look, Captain (laughs) Travis, despite the hilarity of the episode you're about to hear, don't stop sending in requests. You may have noted that others of us have taken user submissions and have worked them ourselves. This is a reason to submit. This is a plea for help. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what we're going to do this week is we're going to chronicle, we're going to regale you with the history. It's story time here. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the everyone's favorite band, a band whose name surely we all already know, and certainly not oh, just yeah. one of us. We all already know the name of this band. It's a famous band. Yep. A legendary exploits. Hit after hit after hit, probably, we assume. Oh, Some yeah. Some of my favorite rockers. Mm-hmm. If they play or rock. rockers or whatever style of music they happen to right. play. Mm-hmm. Some uh, of my favorite musicians, if they play <laughs> instruments. <laughs> Some of my favorite musicians were musicians. Uh, <laughs> Behind the music. So uh, each of us has our own little uh, parts to contribute to this band. We will They will be cobbled together to form, hopefully, something resembling a band. Yeah, uh, like Ben said, it's, it's almost like we're going behind the, the music, I guess you could say. I don't know. Oh, that, yeah, kind of. Yeah, because usually like, it's wow. in front of the music, but this yeah, is really. Yeah, we're like going around to the rear, and then oh. like you know the music. But fucking then... the music got you. Yes, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. We are butt fucking music. Yes, dog That's a catchy fashion. Title. Taking the music industry dog fashion. Guys, I have bad news. Buttfuckingthemusic.com is already taken. What happened? <laughs> 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 yep. I'm confused. Corey, I'll sell it to you for fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what you were typing earlier, Matt. I wondered why you were, you were typing and not talking. Okay, sold. We got it. You got to spend money to make money. I mean, you got us up a creek. <laughs> what can I do? We need it. <laughs> so uh, here is what uh, I think. This is how we should start. So, Corey, what's what's the name of this band? We all know this band, but you should just tell us the name of this band anyway. I know some people are thinking uh, it could be this band or that band. No, it's the band you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. It's Orbital Decay, baby. My Orbital favorite Decay. Band. Oh, Orbi- God. Legends. Orbital Decay. We're doing it. We're doing the Orbital Decay episode, this everybody. This is the Orbital Pretty Decay woman. episode. Walking down the street. <laughs> you know all their mm-hmm. hits. That, that was, yes. Roy Orbital Decay. That's, <laughs> yes. He's a classic. Uh, well, he was named after us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh so I think we should also run down the 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 list of members, get them get them all out there. You know, you got your John Paul, George, and Ringo. Everyone knows Orbital Decay. Corey, I mean, surely you know one of the members, right? I know one of them. I know Declan McManus. Declan McManus. You better believe I know Declan McManus played in mm-hmm. Orbital Decay. Of course he did. What Fuck what yeah. what did he play? By the way, what I don't remember. That's, and by that I mean oh. I totally do remember. Of course you do, because it was famous for playing the bass bass. That's a bass. It's a double neck bass. Two basses. <laughs> Often called the space bass by Bootsy Collins, but traditionally, bass bass. 
or space base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Declan McManus would be up there double slapping his uh, his long boy. It was it was a class act. Orbital now, decay, baby. Gotta are these uh, are, are were the ne- are the next uh, parallel, or do you have like one going to the right side, one to the left side? <laughs> different shows, different. You know, it, it depends, man. They follow the right hand rule. Right, exactly. Some sometimes he's got one going each way. Sometimes mm, yep. we're both going left. Sometimes we're both going right. That was Declan, man. There's Declan that show at the O2 where he had the one that was solid, but then the other was ticking like a clock all the way around. <laughs> that was so fucking badass. <laughs> oh. So, Ben, do you remember one of the other members? Oh, sure. Uh, I hope you guys. I'm not. Who was your favorite? Oh, my favorite is uh, yeah Gary Gravy Boat Kennedy. <laughs> The boat. <laughs> Talking about the boat. Gary Kennedy, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. G-boat. GK. Uh, what instrument did he play again? He played the tuba. Um, tuba? Yeah, I mean, he's still... Got a solid he, rhythm section going here. I mean, we'll get into their background, but I mean, he's still, he played the keys sometimes, but um, he he played that funky fucking tuba line, man. They had a bottom. Oh, shit. Orbital Decay had a bottom. <laughs> had right. A bottom. Solid bottom. <laughs> they had a bottom to him, baby. Mm-hmm. Gary Gravy Boat Kennedy. Stank bottom. Uh, speaking <laughs> of continuing the bottom, uh, we have everyone's favorite, uh, Steam Shaft St. John the Baptist, <laughs> who played uh, chimes and bass and also backing vocals. So we got... the. We're talking about bottoms here. This is big bottoms. This is spinal oh, tap. Oh yeah, it's all what did, there. What did y'all play? He played chimes, bass, and chimes, vocals. bass, and also did bat some backing vocals. Well, yeah, sometimes they would when depending on the arrangement of the song, they'd have that triple bottom attack that they were so famous. <laughs> oh <for>. yeah, <laughs> that's how you define funk. Rumbling. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. rumbling, stumbling. That was that's my favorite hit of theirs. Uh, so Matt, you remember the last member, right? Oh yeah, well, I mean, you guys are all about that rhythm, or sorry, that uh, you know the, the battery, but and rightfully so with that triple bottom attack. But my, <laughs> I favored the the lead guitarist Jimmy Van Clapmore. Jimmy Van <laughs> Clapmore, Clapmore, Clapmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Van Clapmore, man, he could fucking wail. Oh yeah. Fuck, I can think of those sweet licks in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Dude, he had such a solid bass upon which to uh, hit those high notes. There was no one getting in his way. Yeah, right. I, and I, I think that's the thing. When you've got three different bass <laughs> melodies that, in which to solo over, you, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you stand out. And really, uh, it's also there's no pesky lead vocals to, to drown them out either. You got backing vocals, but there's no lead. <laughs> so you got like the... Ooh, uh, every once in a while, they're like a hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's not chiming. He, did he yeah. chime and sing at the same time? Well, he can chime and sing at the same time. He's multi-talented. As, a, right. as a, us fans of Orbital Decay know, the, the, the lead guitar itself became a voice, a lead voice, a lead mm-hmm. vocal. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no, they weren't joking when they said he could make that thing sing. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the rundown of the band here. No, no, no. So Lil Cap and Travis, just just so they know, it was, it was, it was Declan McManus. Mm-hmm. It was... It was Gary Gravy Boat Kennedy. Gravy Boat Kennedy. Yeah, I remember. Another bass section. It was Steam Shaft St. John the Baptist. <laughs> and it and was... Jimmy Van Clatmore. Jimmy Van Clatmore on that yes, lead. Exactly. He's the front We're not man. talking a country fair lineup here, folks. This is the the golden era oh, of yeah. Orbital it's Decay. Classic. Orbital Decay. Man, did they have a oh, boy. low end. They, Fuck, they, they were so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were from the low end of London. Uh, yeah. 
suppose the West. Not to you know get too uh, into the the history of uh, of the band, but it make Corey when you're talking about um, Declan McManus, you know, play. You know, we've we've talked about his two sided bass, the double neck bass, the the clock. Kind of makes me wonder if he's uh, influenced by um, uh, one of Uncle Hammer's uh, great bass influences, Muddy Townsend, who is known for the left handed upside down bass. So, <laughs> right. I wonder if, uh, you know, that was a, a contributing factor to like saying, fuck it, I can play one on the right, one on the left. <laughs> so in, um, in the, uh, in the dust jacket cover for, Sli- uh, sorry, left handed self- upside down slide bass. It was played with a <laughs> slide bass. Yeah. So, um, in the, in the dust jacket cover for their self-titled first album, Orbital Decay, mm-hmm. uh, you can well, see we'll in the backstage, be- <laughs> you can see in their, in their backstage, uh, their photos, some of that behind the music photos. If, I mean, front of the music looks different than behind. You can tell he's got some. He's got a Muddy Townsend um, uh, like uh, poster um, sitting in the back. Okay. Even though Muddy Townsend okay. never had poster, he had one made just so he could put it <laughs> yeah. up in in the right. backstage dressing rooms. I, I believe Muddy Townsend has actually never been photographed. So yeah, you'd have to kind of uh... <laughs> right. It's like Muhammad. People were like, "You got to take that down." He's like, "No, man, I'm a rebel." Uh. Well, just to get like a a good sense of of you know who this band was, what were they what were they all about? Uh, we all know what style of music they played. It scarcely needs to be said, but Matt, surely you can you can lead us through that, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, when you when you talk about a band like Orbital Decay, um, it's pretty obvious what genre they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's classic rock. Classic now, rock. Cl- I mean, if you turn on classic rock radio. I guarantee give it two or three songs, you're going to hear Orbital Decay. Now, the thing is, uh, when you say classic rock, you might think of one specific thing, but as we Orbital Decay fans know, um, the band's been been just fucking jamming for damn near five decades now. So, like, I'm sure our discography will... uh, We're going to go through that, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit, but just so we know, when we say classic rock... The band does have influences throughout their history in garage, blues rock, British Invasion, mod, arena, prog, glam, punk, hair, metal, grunge, alt, and Rasta. So a little bit of those influences are kind of uh, all blended together. It's a melting pot. Oh, yeah, you, uh, can, hear that. you, can, hear, you can hear the notes of them. You know, I, right, I, there's you, a note of Rasta in the, yeah, from the, so the got, seventh album. Well, you get that in that tuba on that seventh album, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You'll find them on the classic rock radio, but I, I don't think yeah. they want to be pigeonholed just specifically into that. If you're looking for them, I mean, you, it, you, they got their. You turn into a classic rock station, you got your two for Tuesdays. You might have a lead for your head day or something like that. But middle of the week, you're always going to have your uh, orbital Wednesday decay, uh, <laughs> where you're going to hear like at least always. at the top of every hour, uh, you're going to hear orbital decay. <laughs> From from Kansas City <laughs> to Tulsa, the boys. Yeah, yeah, any, cl- any clear channel stations playing Orbital Wednesday? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now for all, another one from on the boys. The hour, yep. On the hour, it gets low. Is, did, did someone turn the radio off? <laughs> and am I hearing an elephant, or is that Orbital Decay? <laughs> why is why is my radio vibrating? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the sounds to take down the moon. Low yeah. frequency power. <laughs> Is that the washing machine in the? Yeah. Is that the washing machine two towns, uh, two rooms over, or is it Orville Decay? Warn your this. local seismology station. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're about yeah, to play. It's Orville Decay, right? Decay is so good. So now we we kind of got a sense of of you know who they who they were, uh, but 
what if, I mean, I never, you know, I'm not old enough to have seen them play live in their heyday, but Corey, do you know what it would have been like to like watch them up on stage? Like what they were like? God, it's hard to describe this as someone, I mean, um, you can look at the pictures, mm. but... Um, yeah, they don't really do uh, it justice. It, it don't, it's it's a, the kind of thing you got to see because, um, all right, so if I'm telling someone who's never seen Orbital Decay, uh, I guess I would say it's like Kiss meets Tron, you know, it's like not full mask, <laughs> but definitely like Daft Punk kind of helmets mm-hmm. and spandex suits with like light up neon to start with. And by the end of the night, just the helmets. <laughs> it was, nice. it was a... It, I mean, you'd see them on stage. You'd see them tearing their Tron suits off and just mm-hmm. naked and swinging by the end. Uh, but never the helmets. That's what they stuck with that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the paint, the mask, it always stays on. You know, it's it's the persona. It was difficult to play the tuba with the helmet with the visor <laughs> on it, but, but they did it. <laughs> what I liked is, I liked is how um, uh, Gravy Boat had that, the spigot kind of just coming out of his helmet. Oh, yeah. yeah he had the, he had the custom visor that with the mouthpiece. Right. Yep. Sometimes on those backup vocals... Steamboat St. John the Baptist would be like, now take me for a boat ride. And Gary, and Gary would do a tuba solo. It's like, we're, we're going to go for a little boat ride. And then, pom, 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 pom. Time for oh, a yeah. glass bottom boat ride. Yeah. <laughs> Gravy take boat a, would just crane your neck downward because it's glass bottom boat time. Oh, yeah. You guys can get a beer at that time. You know, that's when your time to like light up a cigarette yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the other guys would do that, and, and Gary would just take him on a little trip, mm-hmm. little cruise, little cruise. Time for cruise a through gravy cruise. country. Oh yeah. Oh, they still have uh, like if you're a kid playing tuba in, in like a concert band, that'll be like a, a special solo that they'll like. You know, it's it's a big deal to learn that one. If you can, oh, if yeah. you can right. get it down. It's a you know it's a watered down version of course it's like a well yeah they don't it's a it's a it's campfire a, like version a fake of it. book version it's like know. seeing a sixteen year old play right. like uh, eruption you're like he missed some notes but good on him for getting yeah, 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 sure. I mean he tapped a little bit sure but Gravy Boat invented tapping on the tuba <laughs> the <he's laughs> first one there there are yeah. some people who claim but he's he's the actual first one yep. He was a he was a virtuoso. The way he the way he do like the wop thing on top of the sombrero, like oh yeah, <laughs> make that thing talk. <laughs> yeah, he had a, he, when he when he would use his butte on the on the tuba mm-hmm. to yeah, really tuba get butte. that in there. Yeah, he taught Peter Frampton the voice box. I mean, right. he had he where he had the the a sound coming out of the tuba into a <laughs> tube in his mouth onto the mic, <laughs> and he would uh, it, it comes <laughs> alive. <laughs> Gravy <laughs> boat comes alive. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show me the way, boat. Yeah, I mean they would cover that at the county fairs later on. They'd cover a little Frampton. Do you feel? Yes, yes, we do. We all feel. Uh, yeah, seeing them back in the day would have been really something. Oh I don't know. Like, I curse my age. Why did I have to be born when I was right? Born or, at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get into like a history lesson here, because sure. Uh, I know, I know. I mean, obviously, I know the whole discography. I know all their hits, but mm-hmm. uh, some people might not know as much about, like, you know, the origin story of this band. You know, how they were formed, where they came from. And Grant, that's how I know that you're an expert uh, because you mentioned uh, that they're from the low end of London. Um, yes, because everybody knows they're a Detroit <laughs> band. So that's yes. an interesting thing that you would say they're from <laughs> London, Ontario. London. They were um, born in London, Ontario, but they moved over. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Um, and then that was one of the things. They, they all kind of met in middle school. 
Um, and it, you know, they bonded over their London background. I mean, they're kind of, uh-huh. you know, you stick out when you're a kind of a foreigner, you know? Um, but they really bonded over their love of funk music. Um, you know, James Brown, the meters parliament, and, mm-hmm. you know, they would trade records back then. And, and that was really their, their bonding thing. So they were really huge into funk music. Um, and then one day as you know, everybody knows, um, a local crime boss, found a truck full of synthesizers and keyboards and you know to kind of keep a little neighborhood quiet he gave a few out to some kids and Declan, Gary, Steamshaft and Jimmy were lucky enough to get keyboards um <laughs> had a keyboard synthesizer a Wurlitzer a clavinet um th- so they put together a band um and they were you know the only all keyboard band in the Motor City, <laughs> um, which you know later with their bass, uh, you know mostly bass lineup. I mean, you can see where the origin came from. But sure. And as a, as an all keyboard band in the Motor City, they got a lot of uh, they they did get a lot of gigs, but not as much success. Probably probably because of their instability at those times. And you know the lineup changed a little bit as friends would kind of come in and out of the band. But mostly it was because of the name changes. You know, they couldn't really settle on one. I mean, they started out as Cinco Patients. Um, then they were the Dr. Fantastics. Um, then they played a lot of bit gigs as Mr. Beautiful Beats and the Electric Caterpillar. And then finally as Bitch! Uh, with an exclamation point on the end. Um, I'm a bootleg of their uh, their Toronto tour. Yeah. I mean, if you can get your hands on some of those bootlegs, there's some hot pipes going in there, man. It's piping hot with the the whirly, the clavinet. I mean, it's some funky ass <laughs> shit. Um, I think that that uh, iteration really helped uh, in uh, endure, like build a fan base that that was like that meant something because you know you're not going to go into a record store. You, you could just tell who the real heads were because you know you say is there you got a you got a bitch album you, you'd say give me that bitch like you, yeah you, exactly. you just know like that's that's how we say it that's how we say it exactly <laughs> and if you came across a, you would if you came across a Mr. Beautiful Beats and the Electric Caterpillar um, or the Doctor Fantastics <laughs> you would know that that's also bitch uh, right right it's that hot bitch I mean they were they were a bitch on the piano man they could cook. <laughs> they they were a bitch on the piano. I'll I'll drink to that. Yeah, they sure were. Yep. So uh, it's real. That's a really nice walk down uh, memory lane. Good history lesson for the kids out there. You know. Yeah. Sure. Teach them something. I don't know what the hell they're learning in school these days. Mm-hmm. Famous whirly player, and they're not going to mm-hmm. say gravy boat, or you're going to say like who's hitting that clavinet, and you're going to tell me like Stevie Wonder, Justin Bieber, or something. Thur, thur, thur. Everybody knows that, but. Steam shaft St. John the Baptist could also pound a clavinet <laughs> in a syncopated rhythm, too. Mm-hmm. He, he knew his way around a clavy, for sure. Yep. I mean, Grant, when we, we, if we talk about some songs later, I mean, you can probably talk about some of those hits where they were just getting... Fun- just stank. Pure mm. stank. Yep. This record is sealed not to prevent theft. This is sealed <laughs> to keep the, 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 the funk keep inside the stank in. bitch. Stank good until, you know, <laughs> 12, 14, 77. Oh, don't worry, baby. The half-life on that bitch record is going to keep... <laughs> this thing's still going to be radioactive for a hundred years. 
<laughs> stuff still cooks. It's in a little lucite case with special air from the 1950s. <laughs> so we got the we got the past, but what's what about what about now? I don't. I you know like I said, you didn't never got to see them play live in their heyday. Yeah, but I don't even know where they are now. Matt, do you know? Well, it's it's a pretty unique story. I I think just like their unique uh, a background of you know starting with the four the four keyboards uh, to the the triple bass mm-hmm. attack. Um, everything about them is unique. So you, each one of these uh, stories of of each band members is you know kind of a, a unique little story. So um, you know after the '88 Japan tour. They'd been mm-hmm. touring nonstop for for essentially three decades. Um, and this kind of needed a break. So um, Declan I, and fans of the band will know um, McManus went uh, on a, a motorcycle trip through Canada um, and just needed to kind of find himself and yeah. uh, kind of disappeared for a while. He mm-hmm. stayed in touch with the band every now and then, but. Um, just needed to kind of clear his head. And, you know, I get that after all that touring. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary uh, Gravy Boat Kennedy just completely fell off the map. He he had a point where, I th- and I don't know if it was the uh, commercialism of it all, but yeah. um, he decided that he will show up to play gigs. But other than that, he, there is no, con- there, he has no public persona. There's no contact with him. You actually have to speak through an intermediary to get to yep. the boat at this boat point. Boat to submarine. Yeah, he's completely, <laughs> completely submerged at the this point. The intermediary also has to be wearing a motorcycle helmet, just like Gravy Boat. Right. <laughs> he hasn't taken off the motorcycle helmet since the 88 Japan tour. <laughs> I have a recording of his last uh, interview, and it was done by uh, Can with String. <laughs> <laughs> Throw mask, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jimmy Van Clatmore, he he does a lot of solo touring. Um, He tours the autograph circuit, so he goes from flea markets, shopping malls, Uh, uh, pawn shops. You know, often posted up next to Pete Rose, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, usually, sometimes they'll uh, they'll split a cab from the airport. (laughs) Pete owes him ten bucks. Did he do the? He has the late night infomercials for the coleslaw maker. Like I used to shred on the guitar, and now I shred cabbage with the coles- with the oh, yeah. Jimmy oh, yeah. Van Clatmore mandolin. He 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 has to have made you know hundreds off of that thing mm-hmm. at this point. So hundreds. Oh, absolutely Easily. rolling in those hundreds. Easily cashews on one side, coleslaw on the other. <laughs> I've seen several at a thrift store, so someone bought them. Yeah, right, right. right. Good point. But then, um, I think lastly, they, it, you know, they, they will still tour. You will see Orbital Decay, mostly because um, I think most the, the, the first three aforementioned guys uh, feel kind of bad. Steam Seft, St. John the Baptist, uh, they, he has to support his drug habit. And mm. uh, Yeah, they, Steamy, they, Steamy can't stop steaming. He's... No. <laughs> he keeps blowing the top off of that thing, and they, you know, they'll do the... State fairs, county fairs, ren fairs. Um, <laughs> if they, there's a there's a fair, the vanity that, fairs, vanity just, fair, yeah, vanity fair, Liz uh, fair. There's those true rock and rollers, you know, the ones that really like live that persona, like Lemmy Kilmister and Steam Shaft St. John the Baptist. You think mm-hmm. of two, yep. you think of those two. Yep, yep. And I think In from his order. point of view, is yeah, he he never 
sold out. He never turned around, you know, turned away from that rock and roll lifestyle. He understands so, yeah. that the core of rock and roll is fairs. Absolutely. The heart of rock and roll. Heart of rock and roll is the state fair. <laughs> is the gravitron. He never turned away from it, but he also never turned to profit. That's real rock and roll. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's it's. We all know when Chuck Berry first picked up a, a guitar, he was thinking someday of playing that thing in front of a life sized uh, cow made out of butter. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Riding along mm. in my buttermobile. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're they're still out there. Again, you know, they've they've it's they're they're a, uh, a an industry unto themselves at this point. They they're not yeah. like they're hanging out in the back of a van. They each have their own lives, but they they still get together and tour. They each have their own van. <laughs> they, each, they hang out in, in the back of their own vans. It's a four van. Yeah, I have my own van to hang out with. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, that's, uh, I think we can run through their discography now. Like, you know, go album by album. Sure, yeah. Get it oh, all out so there. Because, I mean, we all have our lane. favorites. We all, all have our hits. favorites, I know. I don't I don't, I don't want to get oh, yeah. into a big argument of, like, what's the Mount Rushmore of albums? Because we'll all, we're all going to have different ones. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not what this is about. This is about celebrating the band, you know. Right. So, uh, we got their their debut album, Entitled Led Zeppelin Two, uh, <laughs> and used the cover art from Led Zeppelin One, which they thought would like be. I thought they'd be good then if they switched. If they used, you it know, switched it. it as but... Led Zeppelin, comma T O O. Yeah, uh, but because of the confusion there, uh, Corey's right that you know fans refer to their first album as uh, Orbital Decay. Oh, just Orbital yeah. Decay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they just because it's a little confusing. Yeah. But that's how you can tell I'm a decay head. Yes, they they learned their lesson. Uh, second album they called Van Halen Two. Uh, <laughs> they still use the art from Led Zeppelin One. They still didn't quite know why that didn't work. Uh, it's a they were into the music, man. They're not marketing guys. Yeah, they're they're not. There's marketing uh, scientists, you know. <laughs> uh, the third, <laughs> their third album though. Uh, it's a classic. This is just a golden classic. Mama don't come round here no more. Uh, she sure don't. The cover art no. uh, was a, a man holding a rolling pin, shouting at a woman in curlers and a house dress running away from him. And that was that was their big uh, concept album about Armenian genocide. It was a, it was a everyone. Oh, they said. Uh, um, Bob Geldof called it the the thunder. Said that said that orbital decay was the thunder heard around the world. Uh, that was about the lightning of the approaching storm. <laughs> about the repercussions to Turkey for the Armenian genocide. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. they said the rolling pin represented Turkey. Nothing the, has yeah, opened yeah. up the world's eyes to those atrocities like uh, Mama don't come around here no more. Right. What I like is <laughs> those rumbling bass lines. <laughs> it's so easy for most bands to jump on like the more popular atrocities. And yet, here's a holo- here's a here's a Holocaust that no one was rocking about. Right? Yeah, it's not a Hollywood atrocity, right? You know? yeah. It's a gritty real world one. Uh, their next hit that was a, that was a big hit. So, uh, next hit, Mama, at least call first if you're gonna come around here. Is <laughs> uh, a man holding a rolling pin while talking on the phone. Uh, is a thinker. It's a think piece. Uh, they this, this was the Mama period. They had their two their two back to back Mama albums. Yeah. Uh, it's part of part of a duology. Uh, <laughs> they followed that up just right away. That was uh, that was seventy six. That was spring seventy six. 
fall of 76. They're just cranking it out. Uh, the confusingly titled Death Lives to Die. <laughs> uh, Man, that's one of my faves, the, though. The classic cover of the Grim Reaper impaled on a rolling pin while giving a thumbs up. <laughs> and it, it had uh, it had one of those tabs you could move to like oh, move yeah. the rolling mm-hmm. pin back and forth. That was what that whole song, He Fucking Loves It, is about. I mean, kids, when they tune into uh, Orbital <laughs> Wednesday's Decay they, and they hear that one, they're like, <laughs> he fucking loves it. They're just like, what is that about? It's about death. He was like giving that thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Death lives to die. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, their next album, this is my personal favorite. Uh, really just, it's just track after track, hit after hit. All the all the cuts, the deep cuts, the light cuts, all the cuts. Uh, Race to the Sky. And the, the, the album cover is just a picture of clouds with a photograph of marathon runners turned vertically so that they're running vertically <laughs> up. Race to uh, the sky. And two of the runners are at, are injecting PEDs mid-stride into their 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 veins. That album, uh, I will say, gives any Yes album a run for its money. Um, mm-hmm. Race yeah. to the Sky was like, that was some groundbreaking shit. Really opened the minds of a lot of musicians. Well, the the the, the forty eight minute opening track was just like <laughs> we're gonna make a statement. <laughs> uh huh. This isn't the same old rumble and thunder Lester Bangs wrote. Uh, you know they were used to the that the storm clouds rolling in and the Jimmy Clapmore lightning bolts. Uh, uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> but Thor ain't dead. That was what he, that, that's classic lines. I mean, man. exactly. That that's where they they counterbalance that with the uh, the eighteen minute chime solo just uh, on that track alone. It's just like again, no no one was doing that. Nobody was. Doing no that. one else was chiming that way. Yeah. You listen to it right now, even sober, it takes you places. Oh yeah, chime <laughs> even time. Even sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eighteen minutes of chime. Right, time. When the chimes come, like I I crank it up as far as the speakers will go. It hurts hey. my ears, but you got it. I'll say when the chimes come, so do I. I mean, strictly for orbital decay, I, I bought 28-inch tweeters just to hear that shiny song. Just for those 28-inch tweeters. Just to get the clarity. The clarity. Right. Yeah. There's no distortion. Sweeping chimes. Oh, my that God. That big God. ribbon tweeter. Imagine, 20 inches of tweet. When he, when he switches from the acrylic mallet to the padded mallet and then back again, it's just, man. <laughs> when you listen to it, it to, to the people who, for hearing it for the first time like really listening that's one guy playing it that's not yeah, two that's people that's not an overdub that's not right. an overdub he's holding all those mallets while he it's you think it's at least a chime quartet but right nope nope it's one man incredible steam shaft saint john the baptist every <laughs> he's, he's a chime legend yep uh some people so mess it up, but the the true version is that they call Leo Kotke the uh, the steam shaft Saint John the Baptist of the guitar. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they follow that up with the quadruple album, A Picnic in the Park on a Thursday Afternoon, mm. which de- they cover art depicted the band members in full costume sitting on a red and white checkered blanket in the park having a picnic. One of them is pointing to a large clock that shows that it's afternoon. Another one is holding a calendar and pointing to Thursday. Another person is holding, uh, Declan, I think, is holding the uh, 
today's newspaper, pointing at the date it's and at the calendar, showing that they line up and that it is, in fact, Thursday. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Steamy is uh, holding a dictionary open to the definition of the word picnic, <laughs> pointing at it and showing that this is, in fact, a picnic. Oh, yeah. They, they liked layers. They liked, you know, what? a little bit of vagueness. Is, <laughs> is that the album that has the, the track literally fucking rockin'? <laughs> <laughs> that that was played by uh, Steamy just throwing rocks at the chimes. Yeah, <laughs> I think they took a little influence from Devo with their like literalism and kind of like breaking it down and kind of putting it yeah. in your face. Like you fans aren't smart enough to get this. Yeah, <laughs> I love how you know Grant. What was this? Seventy eight. I think. Did you say? Uh, this was seventy eight. Yeah. Yeah. They they have literally fucking rocking, but you know it would be years later the callback to that song just literally fucking. Right. <laughs> the melody is the same, but the lyrics are non-existent in both. <laughs> oh yeah, they never could find a lead singer. It's... They wrote lyrics, but yeah. <laughs> they wrote lyrics. and lyrics are oh, yeah. included in the sleeve in the jacket line. Yeah, you, you yeah they have the lyrics on the desk. Really well, it's, a, it's a quadruple album. It, it has right. a double gatefold all the way out. That's one of the first where uh, you're you like, know. they've been writing lyrics? Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, this is pre-internet. You couldn't just go to their website. You couldn't go to orbitaluk.com. Yeah. The boat was a great singer, but I mean, he was, you can't sing and play the tuba. He tried many times. You can't yeah. sing and play the tuba. Yes. You know what happens yeah, if you do that? There's demo tracks. All you do is inspire Frampton. We already did that. Moving on. Oh, I, I mean, talk you, through can this do, tube. you can do that. You can... You can, you can, pump, you can pump it. Yeah. yeah, pump it, pump that some bitch. You can pump, mm-hmm. and you just gotta like split your mouth in two, and then on one side you put the tube, <laughs> on the other side you kind of like just open it up a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know the boat. I don't. Ha- I don't have this great. I don't have that gravy boat lip. I can't do it. Yep. Uh, we all know what we know because we're super fans. Uh, some people might not know that a picnic, a picnic in the park on a Thursday afternoon was the first part of a canceled tetralogy. There's supposed to be four quadruple albums coming. You know, continuing the themes mm-hmm. set out, but they they canceled it because there were creative differences. Yeah, uh, so they moved right on to apple picking season, <laughs> which showed a desolate <laughs> wasteland with the single dead tree whose branches are pointing at a faceless naked man pretending to sit at an invisible desk and work. <laughs> uh, Back to their roots. Just I thought it was kind of on the nose for right. apple picking season. Yeah, yeah. you expect more <laughs> avant garde from them, but. Mm-hmm. Hypnosis kind of dropped the ball. Exactly. On that one. I mean, they're yeah. They got some winners, and I was also thinking hypnosis, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they followed that up with quadrophenia synchronista tabacaba momofuku zuropa. <laughs> right. Known as the Black Album. Uh, yes. <laughs> because of its because it was gray. Uh. The, the the album cover featured a chocolate-frosted donut stuck with a needle and thread that was bleeding out of the pinhole into the open mouth of a white tiger whose body <laughs> folds out into an upside-down umbrella. <laughs> Again, there's just really hitting you on right, the head yeah. with it. We get it. However, I do think hypnosis, uh, I, that's that's iconic to me. It's an, it's iconic for sure. What's right. crazy to me is there are like young like uh, I don't know what's younger than millennial, prelennial I don't know. There's like young <laughs> kids now getting that tattoo that don't know it's from Orbital Decay. Even... 
They don't get it. Yeah, they, they just don't see even everyone know. having it. And they're like, that's the coolest looking tattoo I've yeah. ever seen. Fold out. Has, I see that umbrella. hashtag yes. on. Well, they have the hashtag on Twitter now that they have 240 characters. Right. Uh, they couldn't use it before. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, No one knew what album it's from. How do we tweet about this? <laughs> it cut off after synchronous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they followed that up, though, with Apple Picking Season 2, Skipping Through the Orchard. Uh,. The cover showed an M.C. Escher-like impossible geometric landscape with a Hollywood tour bus driving through it, but the tourists are all mechanical dolphin skeletons being operated by teams of small rodents, each of which is wearing a tiny cape with a different African flag on it, only the colors are photo negatives. In the background, there are four U.S., four different U.S. presidents descending different staircases, and they're all wearing nightcaps, and their shoes are made from Navajo headdresses, and they're all walking towards a rainbow, but the end of the rainbow extends downward into a lake of oatmeal. And again... Just hitting you over the head with it. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. Apple uh, picking season two. Oh, skipping through the orchard. Well, Captain Travis, the Instagram's going to be a little late this week. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> the lake of oatmeal will take a I while. I don't start until this comes out, and I got to do that in a day. Wow, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> One of my faves. Mm-hmm. Uh... But there were some, you know, they haven't, they have, they've been touring, as you said, you know, consistently for a while, but they haven't put out a, a studio album in a while. Their final studio album, uh, as we all know, it's legendary, Adam Hart Father, which showed the exact same oversaturated picture of a cow standing in the field, but now it has an enormous flaccid human penis. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Instagram. (laughs) But they did... uh, That one's easier. They did have a Greatest Hits album come out in the 90s, which showed the Grim Reaper, but his penis is a rolling pin. So... I mean, just it, classic orbital decay. Exactly, it's like one. the Stones' lips logo. I mean, that rolling pin mm-hmm. always, always makes me think mm-hmm. of OD. Well, is it true? Great, you might know about the album art. Is it true that um, the original album for, cover for "Mama Don't Come Around Here No More"? Uh, yeah, she was actually he was actually holding a, a huge flaccid penis instead of a, <laughs> a rolling pin. Yeah. But the the album uh, the record label made them yeah. change it to a rolling. Capital did not like that. Uh, yeah, they made them change it. You can oh, see shit. it on the Australian release. Um, there's a mm-hmm. completely different album cover. Um, they got away with it down there, uh, but it was short lived. I mean, pretty soon it was back to uh, the rolling pin and and, well. and the woman with curlers in her hair. The curlers were wrapped around penises. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that. If you have one of those, uh, little Cap and Travis. If you have an Orbital Decay album of a Mama, penis cover, the penis cover of Mama Don't Come Around Here No More. Then uh, I'm going to suggest that you maybe stop using it to balance out a table. That's worth some money there. Yeah, that's worth some money right there. We're talking twenty, thirty dollars, thirties of dollars, thirties of dollars, thirty fives even, twenties to thirties of dollars. So that that's their whole that's their whole discography. Um, as far as the sales figures go. The first two went 20 times platinum because of confusion with the naming. Uh, people <laughs> thought that Led Zeppelin had dropped a new album. 
then thought that Van Halen had dropped a new album, although <laughs> both titled after, you know, albums they'd already released. Uh, the Mama albums both went gold, but it was sort of diminishing returns after that until Adam Hart Father, which went 40 times platinum. Uh, for <laughs> it was a return reasons. to the roots, obvious. you know? It was yeah. that old sound, and man, people really missed that kind of music by then, you know? Mm-hmm. Classic rock, man. So that was just a walk down memory lane yeah. for, you know, everyone's favorite band. Orbital oh, Decay. Yeah. Just thought we'd, you know, celebrate that. Been there. fun, you know, shared memories. But, uh, you know, little Captain Travis, if you have, uh, we, we want to hear your favorite stories of Orbital Decay. Um, do you have that flaccid penis bootleg? Uh, you know, is there an album that we missed uh, that uh, you want to share some memories about? Email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And to see some of the cool. Uh, maybe maybe Corey will show you some of his uh, his collection of bootlegs or uh, foreign releases, or maybe he's just going to go straight classic with Apple picking season. Um, <laughs> uh, but check us check us out on Instagram. We're Free Legal Advice Podcast. And like Grant always says, Mama don't come around here no more, but she does come around Twitter. So follow us <laughs> on Twitter at Free Legal Pod. That's where she's known to come. (laughs) (laughs) And if you like the show, check out Declan McManus's other work under his assumed name of Elvis Costello. Uh, He had a a rip-roaring career over there under an assumed name. (laughs) Classic. 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 A classic bit. Episode 30. Maybe I'd be able to convince people of certain things, you know, maybe the 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 warlords of the future probably aren't the brightest. Maybe I can get to that fourth panel by, like, convincing them that I have some sort of, like, martial prowess. Specifically, the ability oh, yeah? to throw a discus. Because, mm. theoretically, like, well, so, hear me out. Okay. So, <laughs> in the ancient pentathlon... The five events, uh, running, wrestling, javelin, long jump, and discus. Pistol it was somehow shooting. supposed to be, that's, that's the, that's the modern pentathlon. Uh, uh-huh. the ancient pentathlon. It was actually, they were all supposed to be like measures of a soldier's prowess. It was like, it was all, uh, about like a, a soldier's skills that they should have. So in theory, somehow, like, you know, I throw a big, I throw a, a round, like a circle, circular rock. I can throw it at the, the opposing marauders, you know, uh-huh. maybe hits them. Maybe that, I'm just saying, the, okay. the ruse is not going to last long, but maybe it gets me to that fourth panel. So, you know? I, I'm not saying it won't work, but <laughs> when the apocalypse happens, sew your fuckholes shut. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody tuck your pants just, into your socks. Sew <laughs> 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 your fuckholes shut. That's going on a crazy. That includes the urethra. Just uh, don't ask me how I know, but (laughs) trust me on that one. You were gonna want that one tight as a drum, tight as, (laughs) tight as. Uh An apocalyptic drum. What I love are these preppers that uh, like. I buried a little ventilated uh, shaft, and we're going to live down there, and there's all this, you know, food, and I have all my ammunition. Honestly, there's no company that's, like, selling you food that's going to stay good for 
20, 40 years, so you can outlive a blast. None of them that aren't just rocks after an inch down and a, <laughs> and a little note that says, tie your buckle shut. <laughs> like, you want some real post-apocalyptic advice? So your buckles shut. You can in the post apocalypse, uh, all of the cross stitch samplers will say, you know, like so your buckles shut. Oh, that weekend of uh-huh. paintball you did? Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> that, think, that yeah. heavy guy's mm-hmm. gonna take your guns, and now you're his wife. Turn internet over.